We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. This is... What is this again? It's Thursday, so it must be Broncos for breakfast. Even if I do see my friend Eric Trickle in the middle of the night in Alaska in the minus four, I appreciate you doing a 5.30 a.m. session for us, Eric. That's uh, that's big time. So thanks for being here, filling in for Nick. Um, I think uh, Yo-Yo Dynamo comes and he says, where's Nick Ben? Nick, uh, one of his friends got a, there's, I, I guess, like lottery tickets you have to get to win to, they keep some trails limited. And he got like the most exclusive trail in the United States. And his friend said, hey, someone backed out on me. Do you want to go? He's like, hell yeah, I want to go. And Nick, being Nick, choosing kindness and compassion and considerations, checked with us. He's like, guys, is it cool if I go? I'm like, hell yeah, it's cool if you go. Uh, that's a once in a lifetime thing. Please do. And it gives us a chance to sit down with Eric, uh, which I don't get to do enough with y'all. And I have a a lot of fun doing this. So Eric, welcome in. And again, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, no problem. It was easy getting up for this one as I haven't been to sleep yet, (laughs) but, uh, should make for an interesting show, but thanks for having me as always. I, I love doing the shows with Lance, but I love being able to get out there and do shows with other people as well and getting different takes and different opinions. Yeah, and the morning shows a little bit of a, a different audience too. So it's, it's fun to see here. You know, I like doing the night shows and I get to see some of the longtime folks. And I guess Nick and I have been doing the morning shows for almost a year and a half. So I guess this would be my chance to say, you know, please hit that like, subscribe, and share button. Get the algorithm bots out there finding everybody in Broncos country so they can come in and join us today. I want to say hello to some folks in the chat. Some, some of the things I want to get into today, we'll touch on Melvin Gordon. That was a hot topic yesterday. I want to get your take on it a little bit, um, and and I'll, I'll give you mine, and we'll we'll let the chat give us theirs. Um, then I want to hit on the Jets a little bit. Let's focus on the next game. The Jets. I think I, I wrote up in the description of this two surprising teams, one for the right reason, one for the wrong reason. Of uh, when you're when you're looking at the, the the direction of these two teams and where you thought they might be. Uh, I got a chance to watch the the Jets and the Packers yesterday, and I have some thoughts on them, and I know you will too. So let me uh, let me say hello to some folks. Jeremy Sean was the first one coming in. Uh, he says, uh, "Good morning, Scott and Eric. I personally feel like the whining and negativity are harder to deal with than the actual team struggles. That's that's part of it. But you know what that is? Attitude reflects leadership. Captain from uh, you know one of my favorite roles and uh, and and scenes from Remember the Titans." That's part of it. That's part of it. Fans, we don't count. We are always bitchy and whiny. Uh, Brad D says, good morning, guys, in Broncos country from Windy, Montana. Good morning, Brad. And D Bronx, 1414. Good morning, Eric. Personally feel like the slop is the only thing that sustains me while watching this team find um, new ways to be the worst offense in football every year. That's a that's a harsh but true. Um, you know, we this team is a bad offense away from being four and two or five and one even if they were just poor 23rd 24th in the league this would be a five and one team that's crazy man nobody nobody i'm sorry yes i picked this team to go probably 11 and six i think was my number nobody could have anticipated the offense being this inept eric no one 
Yeah, if you told me that the, after six games, this offense would be averaging 1.3 touchdowns per game, I would have laughed in your face. Like, nobody was expecting that. And it's that whole thing, conversation about the we were expecting struggles and it takes time to put it together. We were not this much, not this bad, right. not this complete ineptitude that we're seeing, not just with the passing game where they're relying on lucky broken coverages, but also with the running game. And I think I think that's it. It's like, you know, there were skeptics out there. There were people that were um, you know, saying that, you know, every Seahawks fan in the world was saying you don't know what you're getting rest. That that's fine, okay? But again, you were there's being right about it and then there's being oh my god, I didn't think it was going to be this bad when I was right about it. It's just there there's just no way. It's it was incomprehensible that it would be as bad as it's been so far. So it's got to get better, right? At some point, it's got to get better despite all the injuries. That's the hard part, Eric. <laughs> Luke Wright saying, good morning. Good morning, Luke. Appreciate you being here. Brad D says, the scheme or the QB, the QB or the scheme, I'm afraid it's both. And the, it, it's, it's, it doesn't stop there is the problem, Brad. <laughs> um, it's the offensive line. It's the injuries at your skill positions. It's, it's at the very top, like I said, um, you know, is it this? Is it the head coach? You know, attitude reflects leadership. Where's the attitude on this team right now? It's doesn't look to be all that great. Um, Bam X, Bam X. Good morning, Broncos country. Good morning, Bam X. I actually ended up looking into some comments and saw you in a thread on Twitter, and uh, I I didn't jump in. I don't jump into the Twitter fray as much as some of the other MHH guys, but I get your back if you were to ask anybody about Bama X being a uh, a good head around here and a logical I, I always say every Eric everybody's biased that's that's what makes us who we are bias is a human trait um just because you're a Bama fan doesn't mean that you can't see things or at least compensate for your bias towards Alabama receivers or whatnot uh, so I, I got your back on that Bama X uh Brad D he also said good morning. Oh, he's saying good morning, Alabama. Well, good morning to you. Sunny day is coming in. He's uh he's got the the happy face, the thumbs up, the coffee, the coffee from uh from Patrick out at lioncoffee.com. Check him out. And the heart. CC coming in. So morning, Scott and Eric. Can you tell us this for free? The Jets defensive front is gonna have a field day in the Broncos O line if they can't get their act together, which they've shown an inability to do. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Quinnen Williams is terrifying, terrifying Aaron Donald play type. My goodness, this guy's a freaking beast. So yes, CC, what have we been talking about is the real struggle at the, at the line of scrimmage, Eric. It's that interior and Quinnen Williams. I mean, maybe we'll have Quinnen Miners. He's after Quinnen Miners after he sat out, but Either way, I mean, you still have Dalton Reisner. You still have Lloyd Cushbury, and I don't want to crap on the offensive line too much. I do that plenty already, and I'll do that more tomorrow night. But Quentin Williams is going to be able to attack this weakness, and the worst thing is with pass rushers is when they get hot, they stay hot for a little while. And Quentin Williams has been probably the best statistically defensive lineman for the last couple weeks. I think he's picked up like 15 total pressures in the last two games or something like that. Multiple sacks, absolutely killing it in the run game. Like he is the one player that scares me the most when playing this defense. And he's got a good partner in John Franklin Myers as well. And, and then the thing is that then they bring up, what was his name? Vin Curry, I think was his name. He comes in and off the practice squad and he's terrorizing the tackles for the, for the Packers. Uh, Quincy Williams, they, they, had, they only have about four names on this team. It was, it's like Wilson and Williams and, and that's, that covers pretty much everybody. Uh, but Q, the, the other Q Williams coming in at linebacker was, is exactly, it's almost like a safety role, Eric. And I, I kind of think of it like that. If you're in a, if you can break, he's there to mop up, you know, if anything, and every once in a while he'll shoot a gap, but then Quincy Williams was playing great too. So the offense is a bit scary. We'll break that down a little bit here and uh, a little bit more. And Justin May coming in saying, uh, good morning, fellas. What's your opinion on the peep saying we should start a healthy Brett Rippon over an injured Russ? Wow. Nathaniel Hackett starting Gordon. Always liked him. Imagine how mad people will be at at uh, NH is what's what the, what's the name of the stadium? I think of Mile High is all I really remember. What's the name of the stadium? 
for NHL oh at Nathaniel Hackett. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Nathaniel Hackett. If he fumbles, sorry, Justin. It's uh, Empower Field is what it is. That's, that's why NH wasn't ringing a bell. Um, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I uh, let's get into this. I want to play the sound clip for for everybody if you haven't seen it. Um, and Eric, I want to get get your take on it. Of course, we did. It was it was a great talk. Uh, love Melvin. Uh, have so much respect for him as a pro for all he's done in this uh, in this league. And uh, yeah, we'll keep all that stuff private in there. Will Melvin Gordon start on Sunday, or did Latavius Murray do enough to to get the start? No, Melvin will start. All right. It was uh, an angry session last night on uh, on Mile High Insiders. Luke uh, is not the biggest Melvin Gordon fan, and he kind of went off last night about this. Uh, what's your take on the on a macro level and on, even on a micro level on a day to day? This is your you know from a scheme level and from a what does this mean? Big big picture to Nathaniel Hackett. My thing is is. I'm a hot hand guy at running back. Play the hot hand. That's not Melvin Gordon right now. Murray, well, he didn't have a great game against the Chargers. It was fine. He averaged 4.8, 4.9 yards per That's It's it's solid. Mm-hmm. And Melvin Gordon, I mean, he's a risk to hold on to the ball. I'm fine giving Gordon a few touches, turning to him to be the starter again after you very clearly benched him which Hackett's whole thing about why he didn't get reps in the second half is a whole other issue, but it's, it's, it's all, it's okay. Cause I do, I do like Gordon. I was always cautious about bringing him back for on a big contract. Cause that was a talk. Cause he was going to get like $5 million on an average per year basis. And like a little bit much to spend on a running back, but got him back for cheap. So I was fine with it. And then he comes in fumbles four games, four times in four games. Like, have him be the backup and try to work back to being that guy. I, um, I agree with you on all of that stuff. Uh, the, the one thing for me was the starter doesn't matter. You know, it, it's a title. He was the starter last game and that's all <laughs> that came, that came out of it is like, okay. Th- and that's how I read into it. It's like, yeah, he's, he's, if you'd put the word still in there. Yeah. He's still starting. Well, he started last game. He was a starter. So what? Who cares? It doesn't matter that he's starting unless he fumbles on the first series, then it matters. It matters. What's the rotation going to look like? I still would bet if we're doing prop bets and over under over at my bookie, he doesn't lead the team in touches. He doesn't lead the team in carries. I would still go a Latavius Murray in there. Um, So, you know, my take on this is one you're rewarding him for pouting and the negative attitude. He didn't do anything wrong, really. I mean, he he looked unhappy on the sidelines. Good. Good. <laughs> I mean, I want him to be supportive and stuff, but if he's pissed off about not playing, 
I'm okay with that. You see, you know, that's I don't I don't want him to be happy on the sidelines if he's expect you know depending on if there's been no communication that hey we're going to do this and this. The other part of this is that the the the, uh, the the position coaches are the ones who generally dictate rotations. The head coach has enough going on, as we know, their plates are definitely full anyway, that the position coaches are the ones that will dictate the rotations. And to a certain extent, the players themselves will too. You know, you see him, you get a running back these days, get three carries in a row, he's tapping his head, he's coming out. That's the international sign for sub sub me out. Um, so, you know, that my my macro question on this is one does it send a message you know melvin isn't all that happy so be it. i don't mind that are you undermining your running backs coach a little bit um you know but i'm sure he's involved in this so my my overall take on this is he's starting so what who's playing 60 minutes who's in there when it matters yeah i'd be here um with you i'm curious to see how it's going to end i would think that murray ends up with more carries I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with more touches in total. It seems like that the way they want to go is the Javante Williams bulk of the carries going to Murray and then Gordon still playing his similar role. For me, the message that is being sent is that it's Hackett just being that player's that player friendly coach a little bit of you have Gordon that is a little upset, which not a super big deal in me, uh big deal to me. Not I not ideal, but you're turning around after very obviously benching him, using the excuse that you didn't get enough plays in the second after the halftime, even though 50% of your plays in regulation came in the third and fourth quarter. It's and then you're turning around and giving it him putting him claiming him back as a starter. Like it's just, it's just weird to me. Yeah, it, it's just it's just weird. You know, I always I say a zillion times over and over and over again. I don't care what they say; watch what they do. So that's where I'm more interested. Oh, he's a starter. So what, man? So what? I don't care what you say. If he gets his three carries and it's a three and out, and that's the last time we see him, and he's over there pouting on the sidelines again, that would be a replay, right? That's <laughs> again. He started last week. We saw how that turned out. Um, I think my biggest issue with everything with Gordon right now is the um, lack of self-awareness with his comments after the game with him not being knowing, understanding why he was benched. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's pretty obvious why, and he should be very aware of it. Yeah. You're, he should be, I, I I like Melvin Gordon press conferences because you get something other than regular, uh, you know, speak, you know, player speak can speak, but you know, I, I quote baseball movies all the time going back to Bill Durham. You got to learn your cliches. You got to love them. You got to know them. They are your friends. Say, listen, I, I understand I got to play better. I got I to gotta earn my way back out there. Uh, Latavius Murphy was playing well. I'm happy for him. Um, you know, and inside you're saying, I'm calling my agent. You know, I've already texted him three times to see if he can get me out of here. <laughs> you know, that's, that, that's it. And I read your article a little bit about him after the fact. And, you know, I, I agree with you. As I, as I was watching that game, I'm like, at best inactive at worst cut this week because if you're not going to run him what's he doing on the sidelines he's not going to play special teams mike boone will play some special teams you can't you can't carry a passenger running back of uh, you, you you just can't um so he's got to be contributing if he's not contributing he is a negative so we'll see this will be I, I, this, this week will be telling i don't think there's any way eric we can have another week like last week it's not sustainable week to week. Get another week like last week. He's he's gone. He, yeah. he'll, he'll be gone. Yeah. Want to say hello to, to Ethan, the DWI guys over there across the pond. It is Thursday. That means I head your direction in a week. I can't wait. I uh, turns out my passport expired, Eric, and because uh, I haven't gone, and it's kind of a pain to get your passport renewed on an expedite. So. I call up the office and they say, what's your zip code? And I tell them, you know, it's near Atlanta. And they say, sorry, Atlanta's booked. How about New Orleans? <laughs> I thought they were joking. I was like, we've got an appointment at 8 to 9.30. From, we've got an appointment window from 8 to 9.30 on Monday for New Orleans. I felt like Chandler from Friends. I'm going to Yemen. 
You know, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to New Orleans, so I don't think I'll be here Monday morning because Dum Dum has to go get his passport renewed in New Orleans. So, oh, quick travel story. I mean, I've met, talked about how going down to Denver for the meet and greet, I lost my ID. I submitted a claim for it. Got was being told hadn't found it or anything. So not this last Monday, but the Monday before I went in and I got my replacement ID. Got the email today. They found my ID. They want more money to ship me my ID that they found than what it did cost me to get the replacement. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm good. Keep it. (laughs) Keep it. Ryan Slavic coming in. Appreciate you. The super coming in green, kicking us off this morning. Says, good morning, Scott, Eric, and Broncos country. Not sure what the solution is, but O-line shake up different play calling. Gordon staying on the bench, maybe. Um, Gordon's not your biggest problem of, of the things that you mentioned there. He, he'd be third, but that's you also did put a maybe on that one. Uh, O-line shake up, we saw it. We saw an O-line shake up. We saw Billy Turner come in. We saw uh, Quinn Miners come in. So hopefully that's a start. I thought the offensive line played better. Um, there's still some big problems there and my goodness uh Quinnen Williams is as good an interior lineman right now as there is in the NFL and when you're having problems this is a this is the game that could baptism by fire or break the camel's back it could go either way and I'll whip out my cliches this could be the one where you we can't live like this anymore or you step up and you meet a challenge against a guy who is just wreaking havoc I mean, my goodness, he was terrorizing Aaron Rodgers in that interior line. Uh, And it wasn't just him. So uh, Jets have a really, really strong defense. We'll we'll get into them in a little bit, too. I want to say hello to Greg Smith coming in on Facebook. Good morning, Greg. Appreciate you being here. Uh, And on Twitch, look at you coming on Twitch, ID Williams 1972. Good morning, guys. Mile high salute. Right back at you. I'm a true Broncos fan, but I'm also a realist. I call those cynics. I think cynicism and realism are synonyms, but I'm a cynic. (laughs) Right now, I have zero confidence in this coach, the team, the season, and even the game against the Jets. Help me change my mind. Oh, I'm not sure I'm your guy. (laughs) I'm not not sure I'm your guy. I, um, or Eric, we we were just talking about, I'm a cynic. You know, I, I, I was a, a, a Cleveland-born Akron. It's a suburb of Cleveland. I'm an Akron-born Atlanta sports fan. You don't get any more cynical than this SOB right here. <laughs> um, so, but zero confidence in this coach. All right, let's go there, Eric. What, what do you think? Do you think there's hope for Hackett? Do you think that, that I feel like we should hashtag that? Hope for Hackett. Do you think there's hope for Hackett? Yeah, he's still he's still a younger. Convince me there, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> he's still a younger coach in his first head coaching experience. Has a really young rookie staff, so yeah, there's still hope of the, of Hackett and the rest of the coaches putting it together. How much hope? For me, not a whole lot, but there is a little bit. It's not zero. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's not zero. Yeah, again, <laughs> man, rainbows and sunshine here. <laughs> Caffeinated bliss. Let's get that man some coffee. You, you start feeling better after a, a caffeine jolt. Um, not all of this. Again, I, I I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here because, you know, as as you were saying that he's giving Russell Wilson too much leeway. That's a problem. That's that's yeah. on him. That said, you know, as a play caller. Are we seeing guys get open? Yeah, we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. You hit a few of those and it's a different game. A third down conversion here or there. A first down where you get eight instead of minus three. A um, touchdown in the final know, play of overtime. 
Yeah, hit hit Hamler on the slant. It's a win. Man, that one's not on on uh, on Hackett. Um, you know, Dulcich over the middle, right in front of you. I mean, I understand when you've got four guys in a route. Okay, so I'm here and I don't have a lot of time and I'm I'm focusing on the wrong way. I don't see Hamler on the slant. Oh, okay, okay, I I'm, I'm okay with that. When you've got time and the play is breaking down and Dulcich is right in front of you, literally right in front of you, and the seas have parted, and you don't run it or dump it to Dulcich, that's on the quarterback. You know, I mean that that's a that one's a that's a miss. That's a bad miss. So and- I think there is hashtag hope for Hackett. It doesn't look good, but I'm I'm not I'm not ready to say this is entirely on him at this point. And with those, some of those misreads too, I mean, adding more onto Wilson is they were bad pre-snap reads. The one with the one with Hamler, it was obvious man coverage pre-snap and Judy and Hamler were your man beaters. They were running your, it was a little pick route to get Hamler open on the slant. And Russell Wilson just locks in on Cortland Sutton. And this is, and go ahead. I'm sorry. And with Hackett, I always talk about, or I keep seeing people talk about how play calling is terrible. I'm not saying it's great. It's a lot better than people are giving him credit for because of the fact that he is getting receivers open. He does have some really good passing concepts and designs and everything that are being utilized. It's just his sequencing to me is the bigger issue. And it's a lot of those things of we're going to throw a wide, rescre- wide receiver screen to the right, then we're just going to flip the play and throw it to the left. Or we're going to throw two fades on the goal line running the same exact play or two shotgun runs on the goal line within you know a, a series a series after another it's the sequencing of it he doesn't set plays up very well with his play calling that to me is the bigger issue than his actual play calling in and of itself it's funny eric i've heard you rail on screen plays i feel like that about fades when it's a one-shot option like I hate fades you want to throw a fade okay but like you know when it's third and eight third and goal from the eight and and it's a fade i'm like oh it's like a one in ten chance they look nice, but it's just the, the fades are the ones that get me. And, and I fell in love with it because one of my favorite plays of all time, 1994, Auburn at Florida as 19-point underdogs despite having a 15-game winning streak. They won the game on a fade, Patrick Nix, Bo's dad, to uh, to Frank Sanders. Went crazy. Fade. I oh, love the fade. Love it. Mm. It's the last time I remember it working. That was what? <laughs> 28 years ago <laughs> Travis yeah. Weber coming in says good morning Scott and Broncos country and Eric I skipped over Eric I don't know why sorry Eric <laughs> good morning Scott and Eric in Broncos country good morning Travis and Travis is coming in with some stars feels like it's been a minute since we've seen you appreciate you coming in with those stars on Facebook helping to keep the lights on keep my forehead nice and shiny um appreciate you on that one um had a uh, Patrick also came in with some stars. Let me see if I can find Patrick. He says, good morning, Broncos country. He's come in with some stars as well. So thank you very much, sir. Um, there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of questions in here. And I, I guess we can start getting to, I'll, if, if I scroll down, I'm going to scroll down to the bottom of the chat now. So if I didn't get to say hello to everybody, I apologize, but we will try. Um, <laughs> the most recent comments comes in from Sakmar 01. Protect your breakables, uh, Broncos fans. We may not even score this weekend. And actually, as I read that on the smaller screen, I read it as protect your breakfast, Broncos fans, because you might lose it. (laughs) That's next week. We're having Broncos for breakfast in London uh, when they're on nice and early. You might lose your lunch uh, on that one. All right. Um, Let's get down into uh, some of the... There's a game coming up here. You know, we can we can talk about we we have overanalyzed the the what's what could be done better, what could be done different uh, ad nauseum. If you have questions, we'll still answer. Um, but uh, Jets, okay, Jets are four and two coming here. Definitely overachievers. In essence, I see <clears throat> a carbon copy of the Broncos, but with more positives. Uh, and Eric, what I mean by that is this offense is not good. Zach Wilson, I still think right now is playing as one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. 
Um, he doesn't have the track record that Russell Wilson does. So you still feel like, okay, is he going? He's got upside. He's young. He should do better. But Eric, what scares me about Zach Wilson is the same thing that scared me last year. The more time he has, the worse he is. He doesn't read a field very well, and he tries to force things when he has time. When he's on the move, when he's freelancing, does this sound familiar, Broncos country? <laughs> he becomes more dangerous because he's got a wicked arm. He's, he does. He's got good feet, good athleticism, and he can throw it in areas that a lot of quarterbacks can't so he can beat coverage downfield on broken plays. But I think in the third quarter, he was something like, not, not in the third quarter, for the game, it was the third quarter, he was something like three of nine for 28 yards against the Packers in a game they won by 17 points. Um, but what I do see, though, is a more clear identity from Robert Sala's team and the Jets and a couple of really good running backs. Yeah. I think that's the biggest difference as with the what we're seeing from the offenses. They actually are able to get a running game established and sustain it. The Broncos don't have that same success. The play in the passing game to me is quite similar. Um, Zach Wilson, Russell Wilson, both struggling to go out there and execute plays, having some luck plays, you know, fall their way. It's just a lot, again, a lot of similarities there. I don't expect this to be a high scoring game because both defenses are, are really strong, good fronts and able to get after the quarterback and, in the case of um, Zach Wilson, he is one of the quarterbacks, one of the few quarterbacks that brings pressure on himself more so than Russell Wilson does. Mm. And so he likes to put himself in those positions. And it's he's a less effective early career Russell Wilson because of just the way he plays. And... I would expect the Broncos defense to be able to capitalize off that because he has a high percentage of turnover worthy plays. The Broncos just have to go out there and, you know, defensively execute to get those turnovers. All right. I have an answer to this, but I'm not going to lead the witness here. <clears throat> the Broncos can win this game. If you know, or, or the jets win this game. If, you know, let's, let's talk about some of the things because you mentioned turnover plays, which triggered that question in my head. You know, what are some of the keys to this game for both teams? I mean, forcing turnovers. Nice. I think that with obviously in general football, the more opportunities you give you offense to score, the better. If, or if you can just score directly off a turnover, obviously tremendous. Even more important when your offense is struggling as bad as both of these offenses are. If you can go out there and you can give them even more opportunities to go out there and try to get something going, then that's even that's just a tremendous thing to do. I mean, when we go back to this Chargers game, there at the end, it was the talk all over Twitter from all the media, all the fans, was the defense needed to make that turnover to win the game and didn't get it. And it's same thing here because I don't have a whole lot of faith in this offense being able to get going against the Jets defense and the same thing with the Jets offense against the Broncos. This is one where I think after the game, whoever wins a turnover battle is the one team that wins this game. Yeah, they, uh, the the Jets were able to it, – it was I think it was 0-0. If it went 0-0 at half, it was close. It may have gone in like 3-3, three to three, but the, it, the teams – and that's where I say I see a little bit of a mirror image is the, the Jets' defense is really good. The Jets' offense isn't really good. But like I said, the difference for me is they have more of an identity. They will run the ball. They can run the ball. They're not trying to force feed a struggling quarterback right now. You know, I mentioned three of nine for 28 yards. Well, what's the key number in there? Nine. You know, he only had nine pass attempts against the Packers. They weren't trying to force the ball into their young quarterback's hands. They were trying to take some of the pressure off of him. Eureka. Um, and leaning on your defense. And they got a special team score out of it, which helped open up the game and put more pressure. And then, and then uh, Aaron Rodgers was under siege uh, the entire game. Uh, looking at PFS grades, um, I, I haven't looked at their grades for the Jets before to know how they do. We we are kind of of the same mind that they're not great on the Broncos. I think for the most part, they do a really good job on the Falcons. And this is a problem with the national grading system is you've got different people doing the grades. 
Mm. Um, so it's it's impossible for okay, Eric, you're gonna grade <clears throat> you're gonna grade the Broncos. I'm gonna grade the Falcons, and then we're gonna put them all in one hopper and say that this is these are the grades. Well, we grade differently. Um, but watching this game, the worst graded player on offense for the New York Jets, your friend and mine, you guessed it, Zach Wilson. <laughs> I mean, he, he came in at a 35. Um, he's he's not good right now, and this defense can do that. The Broncos' defense can take advantage of it. The key to this game is who blinks first. Who blinks first? And the in the in the Broncos' losses, it's been the Broncos. It's been the Broncos. Yeah, and I actually looked it up with Zach Wilson is among quarterbacks who have at least 68% or 68 dropbacks. He has the highest turnover worthy play percentage in the NFL. Um it's going back to the running game here is as you said, the Jets are able to get it going and take that pressure off the quarterback. That is something that the Broncos, they have to figure it out. And going back to Quentin Williams with how good he has been against the run, attacking where their weakness is, it's a shame that this isn't a game where they have more time because it's a short week. You can't shift your offensive line on a short week. You, you just can't do it. You shouldn't do it. The Colts tried it, and look how that worked out against the Broncos on Thursday Night Football. Worked pretty but good they got to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> when they had 11 days, to your point, when they had 11 days to get ready, worked pretty good last week. Matt Ryan had, had been sacked 21 times after the Broncos game. He'd been sacked 21 times. He had 58 passes against the Jaguars and didn't get sacked. Yeah, and I think they shifted their offensive line even more because I think they moved the right tackle they had against the Broncos inside the guard and put Brandon Smith back at right tackle. That's correct. Well, Braden Smith was the guard, was the right tackle. They moved him into guard. Yeah. And uh, and then they brought in a different right tackle. And they stick with they stuck with Ryman. They stuck with the young guy at left oh, tackle they? who had a mare against against the Broncos. But yes, yeah. going back to some of the things that we're crying out for uh in Broncos country is some of these changes. Man, if it ain't working, do something different. You know, is it is it the <clears throat> I remember when I was a kid. I think it was the year the right within two years of Carolina Panthers. June Jones was the quarterback, was the uh, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, and he was a diehard run and shoot guy. And after like they had just give pass for eighty yards and been sacked fifty times and were three and eleven, the 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 headline was June Jones remained committed, remains committed. I'm like, well, they should commit his ass because he's insane. Um, and I think that was at the time I said if they don't file. 21 22 years old like if they don't fire him this year i'm being i'm gonna be a panthers fan i'm done they're only three and a half hours charlotte's only three and a half hours up the road i'm gonna be a panthers fan so do you have are you stubborn enough you know do you believe in yourself enough to adapt to to make the changes that's what we haven't seen we don't know that's the unknown with nathaniel hackett i think yes but will he do it i don't think he'll do it with russell wilson but I think he can do it in other areas that can help this team. I think that with Russell Wilson's injury, the hamstring and the shoulder, I do think he should be benched for this game, but it's not happening. Like I if he doesn't if he isn't the starter, if Brett Reppin gets a start, I would be extremely shocked. Um but elsewhere, it's a that situation. I've mentioned it before. And I most of the time I've mentioned it, it's been in regards to Wilson and having the cojones to say, okay, what you want to do is not working. We're going to go try this other stuff. We're going to stick with the stuff that is working, moving the pocket, that kind of stuff. Does he have the cojones to go out there and potentially upset players by benching them? Because that is something that he ha he has to do. And we have going with the, this uh, includes the Melvin Gordon situation that's happening right now. He does these things to try to appease the players. So Dalton Reisner, who's been a starter all three all three years of his career entering his fourth year, is he going to sit there and try to upset Dalton Reisner, the local kid? I don't. Care. I don't know. He's he a should. Free agent, and he's not playing well. Yeah, I don't care. And that's exactly how it should be, and that should be the way is the head. That should be the viewpoint of the head coach. He's not performing. He's a free agent. I don't think that they went into the season with him as part of their plans of the future because they tried really hard to trade him during the draft. 
they tried kept that those lines of communication open all the way up until Natani Moody hurt his knee in training camp. He's clearly not part of the future, so why are you still saying to him? Is Natani Moody that bad? Like, is Graham Glasgow like just completely uncomfortable on playing on the left side? Because I know you and I have a little bit of a different thought on Graham Glasgow and not saying he's great. I thought he was the better of the three interior offensive linemen. Like, is that an issue of like, it really is a case of we just don't have anybody else we can turn to. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a saying I like to use that. I don't argue levels of elite. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not going to get, if, if you're going to talk about who's the greatest yeah. quarterback of all time for me, it's probably will always be Joe Montana. I'm an eighties kid. MVP. Every time he went out, if you were to say Tom Brady, I wouldn't argue with you. I'm, I'm just not. Whatever. So, you know, for me saying which is the worst of the three interior linemen, I'm not arguing levels of suck either. You know, <laughs> so if you think it was if you were going to say it was Graham Glasgow and I think it was Lloyd Cushenberry or Dalton Wright, I'm not going to argue with you. You've got a valid argument on any of those guys. <clears throat> what I have said is I did like what I saw in the preseason with Glasgow at center. You know, I would like to give him a chance. At least start repping him there. You know, you're going to upset somebody. You should be upset. You're two and four. You should be upset. It's time to upset some people, folks. It's time. Oh, that's that's what is. I think that could be as, as frustrating as anybody. We're not here to make friends. You know, there's there's sayings out there about that. I'm not I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your coach. Yeah. Um. You know, and and again. I, does Nathaniel Hackett have the gravitas to pull this off? And talking about accountability, I think we actually got flagged because I used a phrase about accountability, about sometimes you, you got to make an example of someone and prove that everybody's going to be held accountable. And if you don't do that, then everybody's just going to kind of walk out there and be like, well, I'm not getting benched. Yeah. You know, it, it's and not, there's nothing changing. And the only one that we've seen be held accountable is Albert Okwebenam. He is very clearly benched. He wasn't performing as a blocker, dropped some passes. And from what I gather, he's been struggling in practice as well. He's been benched. Well, he doesn't have the, for lack of a better way, he doesn't have the respect of the team for him to be the guy you make an example of. Right. He wasn't a full-time starter. He was possibly, he probably wasn't the starter going into the season if Dulcich doesn't get hurt. Well, you are trying to sit here and replace um, Dalton Riser. Tom Compton was brought in to compete at right tackle, but also to be an option there at left guard. You have other options at center. You traded up for Luke Wattenberg. Like you got to go and you make an example of one of those two guys, a long-term starter at your left guard for every year of his career, or the starter starting center for every year of his career so far. You make that change there, then they might realize that, yeah, you are the head coach. You're the boss. Like, we're going to go. You're going to make those changes. We got to step up. You're going to hold us accountable instead of this. And it, it, you can do that without becoming a unfriendly player coach. And I think that he's struggling to find that balance. Um, yeah, and, and Jeremy agrees with you. He says, no, he doesn't have the clout or the trust to make that call. Um, another M Lynch coming in here with a, a, a nice comment. He says, if Brees Hall goes off once again, it's going to get ugly. Uh, it's going to be really important for the linebackers. You know, I know, I know the Ethan was here today, a shout out. This might be a, this might be a game that sends him over the edge. Um, because despite PFF's grades, uh, oh, that's, that was, uh, Green Bay, New York defense, I, was like, I said, because I love Quincy Williams. I thought he was really, really good. And he got a 50 from, <laughs> from BFF. Him and Quinnen Williams were everywhere. Uh, and then CJ Mosley, the other linebacker, he got a 76. Those two were really, really good. And if Brees Hall has a big game, uh, and it's because the, the linebackers are missing assignments, missing tackles, and then you're going to go out there and watch CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams – have big games at linebacker. That might be the game that sends yeah, sends Ethan over the edge. The DWI guys who's been calling out for upgrades at linebacker for well since we've known him. <laughs> yeah, and I, I talked about this leading up to the Chargers game with Nick last Friday. 
is Austin Eckler wasn't a running back that really scared me. Like, he's a talented running back. Don't get me wrong. But with the way that you're seeing success against the Broncos in the running game, Eckler doesn't really fit that. Brees Hall does. Mm -hmm. He does have enough power to his game that, and they have enough receiving weapons, even though their passing game is not a big threat. They can spread you out. They can force you to stick a nickel and just power it down your throat. And that is what's scary to me because everywhere on this defense, tackling issues have been such an issue. Even with Alex Singleton, who had getting praised for 19 tackles, well, he should have had the record because he missed four or five by my count in the game. <laughs> Justin Simmons missed four or five. Kareem Jackson missed a few. Like everyone in, on this defense is missing tackles. And Brees Hall is not quite, you know, the level of, you know, making people miss, breaking through tackles like Javante Williams, but he can do it quite well. Yeah. And we saw what a power back like that uh, with Josh Jacobs could do to, to this defense. Um, then they also have, you mentioned Javante Williams. They've got Javante Williams, former teammate at UNC, uh, Michael Carter in his second year, who is quick. He is really quick and he's a good receiver out of the backfield. This is going to be a big, big test, uh, because that's their offense. It really is. Um, you, you, you've spent a lot on the passing game and draft capital in a number two overall in Zach Wilson. Uh, a higher pick on Garrett Wilson. You've got some money and some receivers, but right now the passing game doesn't scare you because Zach Wilson is not a very good quarterback, plain and simple. But Brees Hall and Michael Carter can get it done. They can get enough. I mean, 14 points could win this game, Eric. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those games where 12 points could win it. I I don't expect more than 25 points combined in this game with how good the defenses are, unless one of the offenses has a complete flip and that light bulb turns on and everything just clicks for them. Like, I don't expect a lot of points. And what the thing is, is you think more likely, because we've got a track record of seeing it, it would be the Broncos. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've said it can't really get worse. And, and it, I, I stick by that. Nick always, you know, shudders when I say that. I'm like, but it, it really can't. You're last. You know, you're 15 points a game. You scored nine in overtime uh, against the Colts. Uh, you had a, was it 11 to 10, the win over the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, it's it's really, it really would be tough. Now, you mentioned your score. Um, I don't know. It's, you guys, this Give me your score prediction is what I'm saying. I don't want you to hold back on it. I'll give you mine. Give me yours. Oh, we're holding it for this. Don't hold it. People are here now. It's like, I always said, yeah, I think my dad actually one time, you know, reached over. She's like, he's at a retail place. And he's on the phone one moment. And he's like, reached over, like hung up the phone. He's like, I'm here. You know? So <laughs> these folks are here. What is your score? What is your score? What was your score prediction? Um, I'll go 12 to nine. Okay. Um, what is the over? I'm going to look up the over under on this one. <laughs> um, but it, it is, it's, this, you have to take the under. I mean, it can't be more than 40. You'd think, right? So looking at ESPN, um, where, who are we watching here? The over under is 38. Okay. I was like, <laughs> that, and that, and that still seems high um, it does. for me, but I've got, um, I was 17-13, I think, was what it was what I was thinking, or or 16 to 9, you know, right in that. And I'm I'm going Jets. I'm going Jets on this one. I think this team again, you're one win away from the feel good and from it all clicking, but coming uh, this right now, this feels like team turmoil, not yeah. you know, where everybody's questioning everybody, you know, does you, you need your running backs, you you need Jerry Judy. Uh, you needed Albert Okawebenam. Uh Sutton is just out there. He's a robot. You know, he's he's kind of doing his job. Um, but and to a certain extent, uh, you know, Russell Wilson's a little bit of a robot too. You know, everything's great. You know, I I had a I worked in a company where we'd we'd have these executive meetings and basically it was all BS. And I'd walk in, the first thing I'd do is play Everything is Awesome from you know the Lego movie. <laughs> um I'm like, okay, it's time for our meeting. Everything is awesome. I'm like, that's Russell Wilson up at the podium to a certain extent, not after the game, but to a certain extent. 
Um, Jeremy says, do us a favor and put some money on the Jets, Scott. I did what I could. I'm picking the Jets in this game. I think I've only picked like one game right for the Broncos this year because I picked them to win most of the first few games. And then uh, the best team that they've probably played was the 49ers. So I picked the 49ers to win that game. <laughs> so about the best thing I can do is, uh, is choose the Jets. And I'm picking the Jets because I see two very similar teams, dysfunctional offenses, spectacular, good to spectacular defenses. But I think the Jets have more confidence right now. And I think they've got more of an identity right now. I think they've got more trust in what they're doing and more belief on the offensive side of the ball. And we'll be able to move it. Plus, they're playing pretty damn good on special teams, too. Yeah. So I think that's enough for the Jets to get the win. Yeah, I have I have, I have the Jets taking it as well. The being able to get a running game going, that to me is the difference maker. Official Andrew Furmanek. So good morning, Scott. I'm a huge Broncos fan. Since Peyton Manning years, if Broncos win or lose, I will still be a Broncos fan. You gotta be. You gotta be after the hard times are where you you put your gear on. Anybody can be a fan when it matters. That's not a fan. That's that's a that's a bandwagon hopper. Fans are there through the hard times, even if they last longer than you want them to. <laughs> Y'all are fans. You're here. If you weren't fans, you'd be off doing something else. We know we know your fans. Um, I actually I kind of forgot this uh, question. I wanted to mention it. Um, and Jeremy is reminding here was um do you play i don't remember who asked so i apologize but was do you play a healthy ripping over an injured russell wilson and i think your answer was i don't think it'll happen and, and for me the answer is it depends on how badly he's actually hurt and will you make it worse if if you're out there you know if he's hurt badly then yeah he needs to be out if he has a, a, a danger of turning a what should be a two-week injury into a season-long injury? If he lands on it wrong, then yeah, he should he should be out. Um, the score, if it's if it's Brett Ripon out there, I don't think it changes that much until I see. I don't expect him to be an effective quarterback against a number one defense any more than Russell Wilson has been an effective quarterback or this offense has been effective. So I'm sticking with a score regardless of the quarterback. And unfortunately, Jeremy, that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem when I would say that it doesn't matter if it's Russell Wilson or Brett Rippon. Oh, my God, did I just say that? <laughs> you know, picture saying that in July. Picture saying that in July and how stupid that sounds. It doesn't now, does it? <laughs> so, for me, the fact that – I, I, I got to admit, Ian Rappaport's tweet about it, about it's a real injury, just made me laugh. Um, there are so many people questioning if he was actually hurt or if it was an excuse. They had to clarify it. Just funny to me. But it's a hamstring injury. Mm -hmm. And I remember what somebody who works in the NFL, what they said to me about hamstring injuries. You may as well put them on injured reserve because they're missing four to five weeks at the very least because voodoo. they are so tricky. I call them voodoo. Those yeah. are those are voodoo injuries. And, you know, when Oja Moody went down, that was one of my first introductions to to this this place we're like oh we're glad it's not a knee i'm like don't be so sure <laughs> you know don't be man. sure the hamstring injuries are like voodoo man uh brad yeah. says jet the scott the jets will find a way to lose brother they're four and two this is uh <laughs> this is a different jets team right now with a little belief um uh blanco nuez nuez comes in he says sean payton head coach john gruden oc um I saw someone in the chat say that Sean Payton was asked about the Broncos. He'd find them intriguing. Well, yeah, when you've got $60 billion owner, I'd find them intriguing too. Um, but Merlot, who comes in, he says, we'd also need to give up draft picks for Sean Payton. That's not true. That, that's not true. Um, you would need to compensate the Saints in a matter that they would be willing to release him from his contract. Compensation also comes in the form of cash absolute cash so you send yeah. them 20 million dollars and you sign him for 50 million um so it would not necessarily cost you draft picks but it could cost you a boatload of money and you got the richest owners in the nfl so don't don't worry about your lack of draft capital as a roadblock to getting sean payton the bigger roadblock would be would sean payton see this as a project that he would want to take on when he would have his choice of projects to take on that's a bigger yeah. hindrance right now eric yeah and 
I mean, you're right. I mean, you can compensate in money. It's not just draft picks. A lot of people go to draft picks because that's just the common form of compensation mm-hmm. in, in the NFL. With Sean Payton, he also said that the Broncos gave up too much for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also made some other comments in interviews and stuff like that that kind of suggest that he may not be the biggest fan of Russell Wilson. I do think that he does have his eyes on being in the NFL next year, and I think it's in one very specific Texas city. I believe he wants a Dallas Cowboys job, and I think that he knows that he'll get it. Yeah, and and that's a um, – I mean, it's the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that's that's the a, a flagship franchise in the NFL. You know, it, you don't want to really get in a bidding war with Jerry Jones. I don't care how rich you are because he'll be stupid. You know, he'll, 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 he'll get, you get the feeling that he cares a whole hell of a lot more and will do what it takes and that the, the Cowboys could be seen as a better situation. So, um, that's the way, you know, like I said, don't worry about the compensation aspect of it. Money talks, you know, even though you don't have a lot of, um, a lot of draft picks, don't, don't worry about that. You, you can come to a deal with the saints and their owners, if you if you're it, basically this works like soccer y'all this is how soccer works you go to Sean Payton and you say we want you to come over come and take over the team we're going to give you a 10 year 100 million dollar guaranteed deal 8 years 150 million dollar deal this is what we're going to do we have come to then the reports come out we have come to personal terms with Sean Payton now a deal needs to be made with the team who owns his rights for the transfer that's exactly how soccer works. And it's really cool because you're not just giving away players that aren't worth it, that, that are nobodies or draft picks that are paper for established players. You're, you're trading in money. So it, it, it is possible. It is possible. But I worry more about the, the project than the compensation, Eric. Yeah. And I, I like Sean Payton. I think he's a really good coach. Um, I just don't think that he... In all honesty, I don't think he's the right way for this team to go. Um, just because his the offense that he likes to play, you're gonna have issues of what he likes to do versus what Russell Wilson wants to do. And are we going to get improvement from Russell Wilson? Because it's his offense has its similarities in the passing game to what Denver's doing now that Wilson is struggling so much with. And uh, as Cleta the T says, I can't shake the feeling the Broncos are going to be hand the picks to the Seahawks a top ten pick. That's a that's an insult to injury type of thing. <laughs> um, you know, if they're sitting there picking at 23, 24 because you're eleven and six, ten and seven, so be it. Um, um, so so be it. A um, couple of things in here um, before we get out of here. Uh, Blanco says ten years and he has ten years, hundred million, fully guaranteed. It's stupid. Hell, I actually just said seven for 150. That's even dumber. I'm just riffing Blanco. I don't know what the numbers would be exactly. But, you know, uh, Matt Rule is walking away with $40 million. So he had roughly seven years, 70 million guaranteed. So 10 years, 100. Uh, And remember, coaches, everybody's contracts are guaranteed except the people we care the most about. And that's the players. You know, it's it's the football is the absolute worst sport in the world for players from college on the NFL. Comparatively speaking, it's the freaking worst. Jamal says we should have hired Brian Dable. Never had a chance. Never had a chance at Brian Dable. Dable was signed, sealed and delivered, even if it wasn't official to the New York Giants. Um, Like I said, those are some of those tampering things. You know, hey, listen, we're not calling to offer you a deal, but uh, when when you're when it comes up, Brian, we want you to be the head coach of the New York Giants, and when you're available, this is what we're going to pay you. Okay, that sounds good. When it becomes available, we've got a deal. I didn't just tamper or make an offer, but the deal is done. Dable was never on the market. He went from yeah. Buffalo to the Giants, skip the middleman. So yeah, that wasn't an option. The, I mean, everybody knew that he was going to be tied hand to hand with the new GM of the uh, Giants, uh, Shown, right? Um, and the question, the debate was, will it happen in New York, or will it happen in Chicago? Early January, it became quite obvious that it was going to be the Giants, and Denver just didn't waste their time. 
Like they weren't Sean Payton's not going to fire himself or uh, George Payton's not going to fire himself for a new general manager to come in for the head coach. Like just not going to happen. So on that note, I do think we are on the track for a one and done year with new ownership um, in a, a season that is spiraling. If it doesn't rebound to the tune of, Let's see if you're two, there's 11 games left. Six and five would get you to eight and nine. Six and five would be a maybe. Uh, anything below that, seven and 10 or worse, you're, you're looking for a new coach next year. I, I truly believe that, Eric. I think I, I'm with you. I, I think seven and 10 is that line. Right. I think he'll be fine at eight and nine. The injuries, I think they'll play. If they end up keeping him, if things rebound enough, They'll play heavy into the injuries as to part of the reason why. But it is trending that way. Heck, it being done. There's been rumblings coming out. I think Mike Liz talked about it in one of his radio interviews that there is already pressure from the new owners on George Payton that is trickling down onto the coaching staff. I've said it a zillion times, y'all. Pay attention. When the local beat writers start turning you know the winds of change are already in effect because they no longer have to worry about maintaining those relationships. That's what makes politics so freaking sleazy is because there aren't term limits and those guys are in there for life and they have to maintain those relationships. But that's a different story. Um, it, with When you start seeing that, know it's starting to leak out from above that this is the way we, we could be going. And on that note, we are going to be going, and I want to say thank you to our closer, Ethan, the DWI guys, coming in with the big 50 pounds, coming in hot pink. Great show, gents, and Broncos country. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. We've missed you. And uh, i got a feeling I'm going to be over in London next week. We'll have Friday open, Saturday, um, and then Sunday the game. So I'm hoping we get to see you and several of Broncos country. Someone came in here and mentioned the name of a pub that they were doing a meet and greet on Saturday. Um, make sure you send that to me. And before we get out of here, when we're talking about protection, um, and in Broncos country, if you're like me, you're increasingly getting more concerned about cybercrime with people stealing your private data and invading your privacy. I'm fairly tech savvy, and that's why I use NordVPN on all my browsers, whether it's my desktop, tablet, laptop, or phone. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and NordVPN protects you as a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity. Uh, it's incredibly easy for me to use, which means I don't have to be an MIT grad to figure it out, just a public school Auburn grad. With just one click, I'm protected. It's very intuitive. With my NordVPN account, I can have up to six devices protected. I no longer have to worry about hackers, malicious sites, and pop-ups. For the price of a single cup of coffee a month, I have complete peace of mind knowing that my devices and data is protected. Plus, with NordVPN, I'm never a slave to media blackouts. I can switch my virtual location to a market that is showing the NFL game, like the Denver Broncos in Atlanta, because they're not always going to be on national television from here on out. I want to watch so I don't miss out and can watch the action live. Broncos country, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to NordVPN.com slash mhh to get a huge discount off of your nordvpn plan plus four months free it's completely risk-free and nord's 30-day money-back guarantee that's nordvpn.com slash mhh it is in the description of this show and i'll drop it into the chat before we get out of here so on uh any last thoughts before we before we leave eric yeah i mean i hope that the Broncos are able to turn around. That's the fan in me. The analyst in me doesn't think it happens, but the fan always wins and, you know, the hope aspect of how the team does. Um, I just hope for a good game. I, I'm, t I'm tired of the slop that we've been getting. Yeah, again, I promised that it would be more exciting. I guaranteed that it would be more exciting. We would have more attack-minded uh, football on both sides of the ball. We've gotten that on defense. We have not gotten that yet on offense, and it's it's frustrating. It is frustrating. Uh, on that note, y'all, uh, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, the football priests will be back tonight, Zach and Chad, at 6 o'clock, 6.15. At 6.15 <laughs> Mountain Time, so make sure you're turning in to the Mile High Huddle pod podcast. And Nick will be back next week, so the next time you see me, I will be with Nick. And check out Eric tomorrow night on Dove Valley Deep Divers at 6. 
him and Lance are on time. They start right there on six. So on well, that note, we are going to get going. And as Nick would say, choose kindness, choose compassion. And he would definitely say, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.